0: If you've been around for more than a couple of minutes, you know I talk about phone sites a lot. And the reason I do that is everyone knows the power of lead pages, click funnels, and all these other programs. But they don't understand the simplicity of phone sites. It's less expensive, it's easier to use, and it's a phenomenal program. So check it out. I'll uh, have a link in the show notes below. Definitely give phone sites a shot and see how it can help you explode your business. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Enhancer Business Show. My name is Chris Pastrana, right and today we're here with Jason Nicola from Pulsar Security. How's it going?
1: Uh, I'm doing very well, Chris. How are you doing?
0: Absolutely great. Uh, week right. before Christmas, uh, you know, turbulent time of the year. It's uh, nice to stop and talk to business owners.
1: <laughs> For sure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: All right. So let's get into this. Uh, Pulsar Security, what do you guys do?
1: So Pulsar Security, we... Uh, we like to say that we specialize in offensive security services. Uh, that doesn't mean a lot to people who aren't kind of in the business. So uh, the easiest way to understand it is we do the things that hackers do. And um, we do that so that we can help test your defenses or maybe highlight some of the things that you're not doing in your environment that you might need to. Um, and we really like to do what people are doing in the real world so that, uh, so that businesses can put their best foot forward in terms of trying to protect their assets.
0: Okay. So so what is offensive security services is it kind of where you said you pretend to be the hacker?
1: Yeah, so there, there are a few different ones. The the broad term is called penetration testing, and okay. uh, that's and kind of an awkward phrase that just means we're going to do our best from the outside to try to see if we can get onto your network. So that spans a lot of different things. Uh, for instance, phishing, which uh, you and your listeners have, have probably heard of, will do things like um, calculate how many users in an organization actually open a phishing email, and then how many of them... Uh, interact with the phishing email, and then if there's a a link that we redirect them to or something that we try to get them to download or a password that we request for them, uh, we'll tell you how many users did each of those things. Uh, so we use things like fishing to try to get a beachhead in an environment. And then each industry and each business has its own version of what the goods are, right? So maybe you're a, um, maybe you're a, a healthcare provider and, and you really want to make sure you're protecting that user data in terms of uh, your patient records, or maybe you're a, a financial organization that has some, some custom intellectual property around how you do trading. And those are the things that you want to, determine whether or not outsiders can get access to so we we do our best to really simulate that process can somebody from the outside get into your environment and affect some kind of change that is uh, going to cause harm to your business and then we don't just leave you hanging there at the end we uh, we're really passionate about trying to identify what the root causes are so so that we're not doing things like fixing symptoms Uh, so if we find a machine that isn't patched for example we could say well a apply this patch and then this vulnerability that we found won't be there anymore. But instead, we'd rather talk about patch management and having a formal process around how we can make it so systems in your environment don't fall out of uh, um, current patching in the future rather than just that one system, right? So, um, so yeah, it's uh, there are a lot of other services around it, but, but broadly, that's what we're talking about. We are doing the things that hackers are doing at all levels from automated scanning of the Internet to just see what people can get access to all the way on through to like corporate espionage or uh, insider threats for um, you know, maybe people that work for your organization that are uh, disgruntled or on their way out and want to try to cause some harm. We, we can simulate all those things.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. Cause it's, I, mean, I didn't even consider that last one, but
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most don't.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, when I think about, I'm not a very tech savvy person. Um, I'm good with some equipment, but I'm not, Great with that type of stuff, you know. Right. And I'm assuming a lot of people aren't, um. So it's it's fun to well not fun, <laughs> but when you look at it and you realize how easy it can be to make a mistake, right. And people don't realize that, so that's good that you do the that type of uh, you know testing on their systems and push against their security to see right. what are they doing because most people don't even realize you know some of the little things that can get them in trouble.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So. So you mentioned the the technical skill of the average person, and what's interesting is the the average technical aptitude is actually increasing, um, but in a way that is is somewhat troublesome for the the security of the average organization. What I mean by that is we all. Uh, are attached to things like our phones and computers and and video games and their smart TVs and people are very used to interacting with these things now but they're used to interacting with the, the ease of it so they're very used to clicking on things quickly um, and turning everything on and all the settings and and kind of moving through and not paying as much attention to what they're doing as maybe they should be uh, but the other side of that is it's uh, it's something that bad guys can kind of take advantage of because um, you know maybe you're not verifying who that email Came from, or maybe you're downloading something and and you didn't notice that the extension on it is something different than it should be. Yeah. Uh, so so people are very used to the the ease side of it, but uh, our job is to try to do some user education uh, by proof of concept around what some of the the dangers are.
0: Yeah. Like I said I think that's good. The uh, least like said, the people don't realize how easy it is <laughs> to leave an opening in your system. Absolutely. Yeah. And it could be, be something that. Like I said, they don't even realize it is, or you're not updating something enough. Right. So it's, you know, because I had that happen to one of my uh, one of my websites where the website got hacked because something hadn't been upgraded and it was an old security file. Right. So it's like, oh, I had, here I am thinking, you know, if you did something wrong, not even thinking about, oh, I didn't do it right, you know, so.
1: Right, right. <laughs> Yeah so the the phrase that we like to use here is, is know thy network. So yeah. uh, the the average standard is that most organizations are maybe doing a little bit to try to keep themselves secure when it's it's right up in front of their face but security at the average organization is a lot like you know the stuff you shove underneath your bed or in your closet before you have friends come over. It's uh it's kind of out of sight out of mind. So it it can be a little bit painful of a process but by using a a company like us that that kind of proves it to you and shows you these are the ramifications of not taking some of these simple steps. um, It's, it's kind of hard not to see at that point. So uh, most, most of our clients are really shocked at the things that they didn't know about their environments, whether it's um, you know, they thought they were doing all of the things that they needed to do already. um, And are kind of shocked that there are still things that you can manipulate or actually. I won't say a lot of times, but sometimes we get into an environment and we're, you know, playing the game where we pretend to be hackers from the outside and we get on and then we find some evidence that there, there is already an active breach. Somebody's already got in and maybe they're exfiltrating data or, or they have like a a persistent backdoor in the environment or something like that. So, um, it's an interesting process and, and most of our clients, uh, definitely learn something about their environment that they didn't know before.
0: Yeah. So. This is one of my favorite questions. What do you find to be the most common thing that people are messing up?
1: Uh, The most common thing that people are messing up. Um, So it's not super glamorous, but it's definitely passwords. Um, I'm a... I'm a deeply nerdy guy and I get really <laughs> into the the bits and bites of it. And I want to be as technical as I can possibly be. And we have lots of those people that work here too. Um, but that's, it's really not what that boil uh, what these breaches boil down to most of the time. Most of the time it's an organization has a bad, bad password policy or users are being very, very creative in how they circumvent password policies. Mm. Uh, for example, um, conventional wisdom for most of the last 30 years has said require users to have, Um, You know, a symbol and a number and make them change their passwords every 90 days. And we're going to remember the last 10 so that they can't reuse any of them. And rather than come up with just a new password, what users tend to do is they reset their password 10 times in a row, and then just reset it back to what it was last time. Hmm. Uh, so users would be very, very creative in in trying to circumvent some of the things that you're doing, but you don't you don't really find that out unless you go into an engagement with a company like us and you say, okay, so one of the threat models is maybe less malicious than others, but it is how are users in our environment going to try to creatively circumvent the security controls that we put in place yeah. um, and that's all the way from things like uh, the password policies that I just ma- mentioned all the way on through to I can't tell you how many organizations I've worked with where uh, an executive brings in a wireless access point that they plug in at their desk so yeah. then you you get unmanaged network devices in an organization and if if you don't know that it's there you definitely can't work to secure it um, but yeah. if, if, if I were to say the thing that we find most common that kind of does people in it's definitely passwords uh, and yeah. And that plays out in the data at uh, 80% or so of all breaches that you read about are, uh, are related to uh, either phishing or bad passwords or those kinds of things. Actually, there was one in the, in the news this week that you, that you might've um, saw with the, the ring camera that yeah. par- parents had in the, in the kid's bedroom. Uh, you, you read a lot about a lot of the, the, the coverage of that and, you know, they use the word hack and, um, you know, breach and these kinds of things. But really what it boiled down to is, um, the bad actors had access to a password that um, was previously associated with the email for the ring account and they logged in and used it. So (laughs) um, yeah, I would definitely say most often it boils down to passwords.
0: Yeah. That's funny because just from what I know from security, from, you know, the many security briefings I had when like back in the day when I was in the military, sure. It's always stupid things.
1: Always. (laughs) Like you said,
0: a password or, you know, Clicking on an email that you're like, huh, that's a little weird. Right. <laughs> there's always those little things that people don't realize and then they don't realize, like you had said, how the system is set up. So they're like, Oh yeah, my computer is great. It's I don't click on anything. And I'm like, Great. Well, you also attached your phone to it. Right. And you attached this other thing to it. And right. there's a holes there's a hole somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are lots of uh very secure environments that you hear about where they do things like uh totally rip out the usb ports or fill them with resin or um do other things so that people can't plug in additional devices because you're absolutely right it's not just the the thing that you use but it's it's everything that you use to connect to it and everything that it interacts with and um, when you really start to take that comprehensive view of it and and try to you know be as secure as you can be from all directions it is a it can be a daunting and intimidating process. Um, uh, yeah, so we get to go through the work of trying to go through that process with lots of our clients, and it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I, I bet so. I love reading about this type of stuff. I, I know this is a little bit off-tangent, but I had read kind of what we were just talking about. This was a while ago where you're know, just thinking about everything attached to your system. Like if you have your phone and then you Bluetooth your phone to your car.
1: Oh, yeah, right.
0: You know, they get into your car. And right. Just, you need to look at every part of the system, which is again, back to what you've been saying. So,
1: right. Yeah. It's, it's the same kind of thing too, because um, you know, when you connect to open wireless networks or um, you know, you can have someone follow you around with, uh, with devices that detect what kinds of networks uh, your laptop or your phone are calling out for, right? Yeah. To try to, you know, figure out what else you've connected to in the past. And then they spoof those networks um, with the same kind of name. And then you're connected to a network that's potentially malicious, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you do have to actually consider each step in the chain. Um, yeah. Yeah. But until you go through that process and and kind of have that proven to you either by having something bad happen or going through a, 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 a an attack simulation with a company like us, it's it's really difficult to kind of map out all those different scenarios.
0: Yeah, and I think that's kind of an interesting point too. Where it, this is definitely one of those areas where everyone kind of looks down on it until it happens to you. Of course, yeah. <laughs> and then right. you can just become probably like hyper paranoid about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's there's a there's another side to that too where Companies will have something happen, like like Ring or you know Target had a major breach uh, in the not too distant past, and you get Home Depot and um, you know lots of these other companies, and and there's a tendency to try to demonize companies that have these kinds of issues, but when you really start digging through it, it's just it's just about opportunity and time and resources, and with the right resources and time, then pretty much any network or any company uh, is going to have its toll. So you really do have to go through this, this ongoing process of we are going to do these things to try to secure what we have, but we are also going to constantly vet what we're doing to try to see how it can be circumvented and to try to take the newest attacks um, or some attacks against organizations that are similar to ours and throw those at us as well so that we can try to figure out what will that look like when somebody starts to attack us in that way? And then how can we deal with it when we do det- that. So it's really a multi-layered approach of trying to keep on top of things because really when you, it's it, it sounds pessimistic, but really anyone and everything is vulnerable with enough time um, if if the right people decide that they want to breach something, right? So you, you have to kind of assume that you're going to be breached and then build in these defenses uh, in depth so that. You know, if somebody gets through the the outer firewall, what are the, some of the things that they might do to try to pivot from machine to machine or when they're trying to exfiltrate data from the network? So you, you really have to do look at it like we are going to be breached and, and what do we do about it when that happens?
0: Yeah. Hmm. That's pretty interesting. Uh, so let's see. Um, so a company that's just getting started with you, they kind of decide, okay, we want your services what are the first couple of steps you already mentioned kind of simulating what an attack looks looks like on your system.
1: Right. So I'll, I'll tell you what typically happens and then I'll tell you what I, what I would prefer happen. (laughs) So, so what typically (laughs) happens is, um, a lot of times we'll get, uh, you may be a new client and they want to do something like, we'll, we'll give you a public domain name or a public IP address and we're going to play the game. You be bad guys, we'll be good guys and you see what you can do from the outside. Um, no matter what, we have to kind of distill it down to be a little bit more specific than that. just mm-hmm. So you know, we kind of cover our bases and, and do what's best for the customer. Um, but really when you ask questions like, well, what are you doing in your environment now? What kind of steps are you taking to try to be secure? Do you have like an accurate asset inventory of the machines in your environment and of the software installed on those machines and users? And, you know, have you locked down least privilege for your administrative users and are you doing things like full network packet capture or two factor authentication or uh, whatever it might be? Generally when we work with a newer client, the answer to those things are, are, that they're not doing very much. Um, so we do oftentimes have to play the game of, you know, proving that they need to do those things by force, by, you know, going through a penetration test and and, and doing the hacker thing. But if you're not patching anything, do you really need me to exploit a system to show you that it's not patched, to show you that you're not patching anything. Like you know what you're not doing. So yeah. I, would, I would really prefer that we start more at the basics and say, okay, step one, if you don't have an asset inventory, let's, let's start to develop an asset inventory <laughs> and let's develop some of these controls and let's make better use of some of the resources that you have in the time that we have to try to make it. So you get the most value out of the engagement. And when we leave you, you're in the best position that you can be in or we can play the game and we'll try to hack you and then we'll get in and then we'll say, it's because the system wasn't patched. And you'll say, I didn't know that system was there. And we'll say, yeah, you should have asset inventory and patch management. <laughs> and then the engagement's over. <laughs> right. So um, the, yeah, so that's, that's typically how it goes, but I would, I, um i I generally try to move clients in the direction of let's let's look at what you're doing and, and let's start at basics and then as we start to implement controls, let's come up with, with tests and maybe some some targeted scenarios around how we can um see whether or not those controls are effective.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. This whole this whole area leads to a lot. So it's very easy to go kind of crazy with it. Sure, yeah. That's why I like
1: it. Yeah. That's why I like it. Cause it's so uh, interesting and varied and there are all different kinds of technologies involved. Um, and at the end of the day, we get to, you know, try to break into environments with permission and, you know, do the hacking thing, which, um, we, you know, I think a lot of the world is still learning that hacking isn't a universally negative term. There is, you know, the other side of it, legal, ethical, uh, white hat hacking, like, like companies like us do. So uh, the fact that we get to come in and do some of this stuff is really, uh, it's a, like a, a dream come true in a lot of ways. It's, it's so much fun.
0: Yeah. Well, I bet. Like when you were saying, it's almost like a game. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: You're like, okay, here we go.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, de- I definitely noticed that. So for myself and for um, a lot of the newer people that we have working with us, um, and in the industry in general, it, uh, most of us have been gamers at some point, and, and yeah. you know, try, try to, you know, try to game when we can, but. A, but I find that as you start to increase your security skills and, and you know, you do more pen testing and hacking at your day job, it actually scratches the same kind of itch as gaming. So you tend to game less because you're, you're getting the same juices flowing when you're, you know, hacking your way into a web server or something like that.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> so for people who want to learn a little bit more about you and the system and what you do and how they can protect themselves, how do they get a hold of you?
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. So we're at pulsarsecurity.com. Uh, there are lots of ways on our website to, to get in touch with us. Um, you can find us on LinkedIn. Um, we have a, a pretty, um, Established company profile there. We're also really involved in lots of events throughout the state. So we've over the last uh, year, especially we've decided that, you know, we want to be uh, kind of New Hampshire first and be more public facing. So we we host a lot of meetups and sponsor a lot of events. And uh, we're involved with things like uh, the New Hampshire Tech Alliance. And um, uh, yeah, so there's lots of ways to get in touch with us. And, and uh, whether it's you want to hire us to do something or you just want to chat about nerdy stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah, come find us.
0: Yeah. Cool. I love that. Maybe sometime I can get you out to the coworker of Legendary to do uh like a dinner lunch type thing.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, I'd love it. And we'll have to have you here to get you on the, the V R treadmill.
0: <laughs> oh god, treadmills yeah. do not mix. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's it's uh it's kind of like a stationary treadmill. You you walk and it, it allows you to walk in VR, which is pretty oh, cool. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll we'll have to have you by to play with some of the toys we have.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> cool. So thank you so much for coming out today. This has been a lot of fun.
1: Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening, and definitely do not leave cybersecurity up to last minute until you're hacked. Get proactive, be safe. So, everyone, be good, and talk to you next time. Want more New Hampshire Business Show? Find us at iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and www.nhbusinessshow.com.